you're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries, both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the legend of La Llorona. Welcome back to Mystery Still Unsolved, my true crime-loving friends. Um, I'm so glad that you're back. Um, Just to address the elephant in the room right off the bat, I probably sound very congested and a little nasally to you this week, and that is because I have a cold and allergies with a little bit of sinus infection sprinkled in there. So, uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. Um, But we're going to get through this together, right? Um, I'm super happy that you guys are back this week. Um, I'm not very happy about what we're going to be discussing today, though, because the subject matter, La Llorona, is absolutely terrifying to me. Um, A little background on my past experiences with her. Um, If you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, then you know my mom. She's been on my podcast, I think, two or three times. Um, And she is from Puerto Rico. And La Llorona is... Even though it's very, like a lot of people think that it came from Mexico, it actually is a story that is told in all Latin cultures. Um, Every culture, even regionally or even family to family, has a little bit of a different spin on it. But um, my mom used to tell me that La Janona was going to get me if I didn't behave But she never really told me who La Llorona was when I was a kid because I think that would be kind of evil to do Um, when you're talking to like a six-year-old. She never really told me the backstory. So in my childhood, there was just this phantom woman out there for some reason who was going to like get me if I was bad. But when I was in the third or fourth grade, um, I was at my school library um, and we had just had story time and then we separated and we could like pick a book to check out for the week. And I found the paranormal section for the first time and I checked out a book about ghosts and haunted places. And I don't know the title. The next time I'm in New York, I don't know when that will be. I'm going to go, my mom still works at my elementary school, so I'm going to go back there and see if they still have that book. I bet you they still do. Um, But anyways, La Llorona was a feature. It was one of the many features in the book, and because I had heard the name, I decided to check that book out, and so I did, and I decided to read more about her, and I was very disturbed by her backstory, and then that caused me to be even more scared of her than I was before, if that's even possible. Um, So before we get started, I do want to remind you all about the event that we will be hosting tomorrow night. Tomorrow, May 5th. If you are living under a rock and you didn't know, tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. And La Llorona, like I said, is a very popular Mexican legend. To celebrate Cinco de Mayo, I will be doing a live event and I hope that you will join. Uh, Basically, even though it is going to keep me up for many days and many nights, I'm going to watch The Curse of La Llorona, a movie that came out in 2019. And I'm going to put watch it live on my Instagram at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 
If you want to watch it with me, I will be live in my stories at Mystery Still Unsolved on Instagram, and you can watch my terror and panic and fear in real time, you sadist you. <laughs> so after you go out tomorrow and you get your drink on and your tummies are full of tacos and mojitos and churros and deep fried ice cream, join me on the Instagram and we'll scare the poop out of ourselves together. <laughs> you can also always hop onto my Instagram to discuss the cases that we cover. I love hearing your thoughts, theories, opinions, and comments. You can DM me with case suggestions or just to say, hey, I love a compliment just as much as the next person. Yeah. I love getting to know all of you and I feel blessed to have this amazing community of fellow true crime lovers. Um, seriously, love you all. Without further delay, let me get my ish together. Let's breathe. And let's talk about La Jarona. I think it goes without saying that it was really difficult for me to research this case. Um, it brought back a lot of childhood memories, and they were not the good ones. Um, mainly, those memories involve me getting into trouble, um, not staying in my room past like nine o'clock, um, and my mom coming in and telling me that if I didn't stay in my room and if I didn't go to sleep, La Gerona was going to drag me under the bed where, of course, certain death awaited me. So y'all know I did all the research for this episode in the daylight hours. If you thought I was going to research this at three o'clock in the morning, you're out of your freaking mind. Uh, usually I wait for my kids to go to sleep, but uh, not on this one. Nope, nope, not on this episode. No, 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 no. This legend origin dates back to pre-colonization. La Girona, also known as the Weeping Woman or the Wailing Woman, is a very popular story in Latin folklore. Because of the time period of the legend's conception and the way stories were orally passed down from one generation to the next, the backstory seems to change regionally and even amongst different family members. Every Latin culture has a version of the La Girona story that they claim, and they will talk to you until they're blue in the face, that it is the original. Some parents use the legend to entice their children to behave, much like Santa Claus, but, you know, less magical and happy and no cookies. Uh, but I'm going to circle back to that in a second. But other parents use the tale as a warning to tell their children to come home before dark, to prevent them from sneaking out late at night, and to keep them away from the river's edge or, you know, potentially drowning. One retelling of the story is that a woman had an affair with a married man and bore his children. She wanted him to leave his life and his wife, and he refused. And she drowned her children in the river to essentially seek retaliation against him. Um, when she realized the awful thing that she had done, she decided to drown herself as well. Another retelling is that a woman was jealous of the attention that her husband was giving to their children. She tried to talk to him about it, and he didn't listen. And for that reason, she drowned them in a river so that she could have him all to herself. Another version is um, that she was distracted with a lover when her her children happened to be playing alongside a river 
and they drowned. And because of that guilt of not being there when they needed her, she ended her life. Another version is that La Girona had a lover who was a man of a higher class who was embarrassed to be seen publicly with her. Eventually, he abandoned her to pursue a woman who was better suited for his social standing. And there are many, 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 many more renditions that we could get into, but those are the ones that are the most common in the research that I did over this past week. Her supernatural powers and abilities also vary from family to family and region to region, some claiming that she has the ability to hover over water, and some even claim that she has the ability to transform into a flock of birds. Regardless of the version that you've heard, the end of the story is pretty similar. Basically, because of the way the children died, either by her hands directly or due to neglect, La Girona is trapped in a limbo-like state. She will not be able to cross over to the other side until she finds the bodies or souls of her children. Today, we're going to go more in-depth in one of the most popular versions of the legend, and you can let me know what you make of it. The most popular version is that La Joanna was abandoned by the man that she loved, whether that man was a husband, a lover, a married man, a pastor, whatever, and left to raise her children essentially alone. Overcome grief over her lost love or perhaps filled with rage and the desire to exact revenge on her betraying lover, she murdered her children and threw their bodies in a river. It is believed she died of despair and loneliness, and when she got to heaven, God told her she was not able to enter until she found the souls of her dead children. So as punishment for the murder, she is condemned to wander the world in search of their bodies. Seems like a pretty fair punishment to me. You kill your kids. You got to spend your whole afterlife looking for them. But also, where are the souls of her children? And how come they couldn't get to heaven? That doesn't seem fair at all. Also, I don't think simply finding their souls is a fair price for entrance into heaven. I mean, she still killed them. I mean, I'm doing my hardest to be a good person and, you know, like, not murder people. So I don't know if I'd be mad, but I'd definitely be a little disappointed if I got to heaven and there was like a bunch of child murderers up there. And I was like, oh, I remember being on earth and like swearing a whole lot and I felt super guilty about it. But it turns out I could have murdered a bunch of people and still made it up here. Seems a little odd to me. Also, a lot of Judeo-Christian religions, and I'm sure many other religions, believe that taking your own life is reprehensible. But if you kill your kids, it's all good. Does that seem odd to anyone else? Just me? Just me? Anyone? Okay, moving on. While many encounters and retellings of the legend are meant to instill fear of a spirit that is actively trying to cause you harm, many of the stories have common themes and lessons that, you know, parents and grandparents want their children and grandchildren to learn, and the legend is just a means to that end, like a parable. Listeners merely learn from the mistakes of the sweeping woman or to prevent men from making mistakes. Um, apparently it's rumored that La Girona is rumored to seduce the men who hear her cries and then she kills them. This adaptation was most likely created in the 1950s when many Latin men, um, 
were stepping out on their marriages, basically, and having affairs. Uh, This led to an increase in poverty amongst women and children. It's believed that this adaptation of the story was spread by local churches and government leaders to prevent men from having affairs and abandoning their families. Um, In the novel Bless Me Ultima by Rodolfo Anaya, he claims that La Llorona is a demon who wanders the banks of rivers and lakes in search of men and boys whose blood she will drink. Yikes. I've never felt more likely to be a girl, if that's true. But La Llorona seems like a female vigilante, and personally, that's my favorite kind of vigilante, so... I'll add you, girl. La Gerona should not be confused with the very real story in Latinx culture of La Malinche, or Doña Marina. Doña Marina was a slave offered to the Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés by a Mayan lord. You know, back in the day when women were traded to men like Pokemon cards. Remember that? Remember when that used to be a thing? What a fun time. Don't you just love to stroll down memory lane? Um, a lot of people, and okay, I'm kind of ramp going on a tangent right now, but a lot of people try to say when we talk about, you know, slavery, we talk about like women in the past. Oh, that's just how things were done back then. We didn't know any better. Oh, really? The men didn't know that that was wrong. How come they didn't offer themselves then? Huh? How come they didn't trade themselves? Oh, is it because they knew that it sucked? Yeah, that's what I thought. Whatever, not buying it. Anyway, (laughs) she served as his translator, uh, Doña Marina. She served as his translator and also his concubine. Doña Malinche had an illegitimate child with Cortez, whom they named Martin. Cortez doted on Molina and Martin until his wife from Spain finally arrived, and then he just abandoned them. Sometimes these two stories intermingle and the legend of La Llorona gains power when it's teamed with this story. I think because it probably gives it just like historical weight and context. Many people who claim to have seen the weeping woman hear her cries on windy or rainy nights. So is it really crying or is it just the wind? Uh, They report hearing moaning and wailing and then claim to see a translucent whitish figure dressed uh in like robes combing the roads and fields by rivers and lakes there are a few places of significance that seem to get a lot of reports and sightings one of these places is agua mansa pioneer memorial in southern california Agua Mansa serves as a cemetery for the first non-native settlement in the San Bernardino area. The settlers first arrived there in the 1830s, and the cemetery is the last remaining piece of the original settlement. Agua Mansa just happens to be located right in the middle of a canal and the Santa Ana River, and as I've told you previously, La Llorona tends to hang out near bodies of water, so it makes a lot of sense that this would be a hot spot for sightings. Also, it's a cemetery, so not only are cemeteries scary, but if you're La Llorona, being in between two bodies of water, it's going to be freaking terrifying. 
<laughs> Another place riddling with sightings is Las Cruces, New Mexico, where it's alleged La Llorona has been seen walking along the banks of the Rio Grande. There is actually even a park in Las Cruces named La Llorona Park dedicated to the legend, and it claims to be the birthplace of the legend. One local was willing to share her story. Um, her name is Articelli. She says that she was about 12 years old when she saw a white figure with no face. Um, she's 12 years old. Her mind is trying to process what she's seeing when suddenly her brain like makes the click that the figure before her has no feet. It's literally hovering over the ground. Then that is when Articelli begins to hear the wails and moans of the woman, and she just books it. She actually says that she was there with a cousin, and when she started running, she expected to see her cousin there, but her cousin had booked it a long time ago. Uh, she got to a stranger's door and began pounding on the door, and she wanted so badly to cry, but that she knew she had to hold back those tears if she didn't want the weeping woman to follow her, because the weeping woman has been known to follow the sounds of crying children, hoping that it's the soul of her children. Uh, finally, the stranger's door that she'd been pounding on opened and she ran inside and burst into tears and the people like called her parents and her parents came to pick her up. It was a whole thing. Many commercial truck drivers who frequently pass through the Southwest um, America claim to have seen a woman in white walking alongside of the road. They stop to give the woman aid, and they try to ask her questions, probe a little bit, get to know her life, but she doesn't respond. Then, after driving in silence for quite some time, the drivers claim that the woman starts to uncontrollably sob, and it gets more and more hysterical and more and more eerie and more and more disturbing until she finally disappears into thin air. The story that my mom told me is that the weeping woman wanders the world at night and if she hears a child either crying or talking, she will follow the sound because she thinks it's her dead kids crying for her. And she told me that if I didn't stop crying or whining or whatever, she would find my sound and take you. Can you see why I still have a hard time sleeping with a leg or a foot out from underneath my blanket. It doesn't matter if I'm hotter than hell or sweating like a pig in July. I will not let a single toe out from underneath the covers. I'm not even a kid anymore and I'm still scared of her. What I want to know is, don't they celebrate Christmas in Mexico? I know they call him Papa Noel. What's wrong with just threatening your kids with no presents? Why do they got to introduce a phantom demon woman into our lives at age seven? Seems like overkill, honestly. Seems like my mom just wanted a way to get her jollies and torture me in the process. Needless to say, I have not, nor do I plan to share this legend with Riley anytime soon, if ever. I mean, maybe when she's a teenager and expresses interest in this sort of thing, but I'm not going to steal her innocence and purity. I can just imagine 
my six-year-old self, my mind was probably filled with thoughts and images of unicorns and mermaids and Barbies and ice cream and waffles and like the color pink. And I'm just minding my own business. And suddenly my mom peeks her head into the corners of my brain and plants this little demon seed that coats a layer of dark fog over everything. Literally, I've never been the same. I've had anxiety and I've been a cynic ever since. But hey, I made a career out of it. Cynicism and anxiety. So maybe I owe her a thank you? Nah. The legend of La Girona has been a major contributor, a major contributor in Latinx culture for generations, and I believe for the foreseeable future, it will continue to be a tale that haunts both children and adults alike. Is it just a legend, or is it based on true events? It seems for the time being, this remains unsolved. What do you think about the legend of La Girona? In my personal opinion, when it comes to ghost stories, I believe that there are that they're always based off of some sort of truth. I do believe there was a woman who was abandoned by a man that she loved and she killed her children. Who that woman is, I have no idea. If we even know like which version is right, I don't know. Maybe none of them are right. I have no idea. It doesn't seem like anyone really does. But like other ghost stories, they're usually twisted and blown out of proportion to make them more interesting. People add details to make it their own. They put a spin on it. People dress up as her and scare people to keep the legend alive. I mean, like I said last week, I did that with Sasquatch. So, you know, people might just be hanging around the river banks (laughs) in white clothing, trying to scare the crap out of kids to keep that legend alive. But I do think there must be something wandering the riverbanks, whether it's a phantom or somebody playing a practical joke. I have no idea. Um, Or maybe it's none of the above. Maybe it's just a figment of their imaginations because they're stressed out or they're tired or they're already scared because they're walking the riverbanks. Don't forget to join me for the live watch party of The Curse of La Jarona tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I hope you have a blast tomorrow at Cinco de Mayo, but then I think you, I hope that you have an equal blast watching me be absolutely terrified, you creepy weirdos. <laughs> no, just kidding. It should be fun. There is safety in numbers, so I really feel like this is literally the only way that I'd ever that you'd ever get me to watch this movie is if you guys are behind me in preparation for our super awesome live event tomorrow you may have noticed that this episode is a little bit shorter compared to my other episodes so I didn't want to leave you hanging so I am imparting with you two gifts my first gift is a super scary two minute short horror film that I found on YouTube and it's all about La Girona. I will link it in the show notes for you if you just want a little bit of a teaser, something to get you by until tomorrow night. Um, And then also, if you notice at the beginning of my episode, I played this very beautiful song by Angela Aguiar. Um, This song is called La Girona and I will play it in its entirety now.
Join me next week when together we'll discover, did someone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved?